Hello, I'm Jake Crawford, the Dallas County Sheriff's Office. Welcome to our latest edition of the Fuzz Feed. Uh, here with me today, I have Sergeant Wright. She is one of our investigators in CID, one of our supervisors in CID. Uh, so we're going to start today just kind of finding out a little bit about Sergeant Wright. I started with the Dawson County Sheriff's Office in 2001 as a detention officer. Um, after spending about a year or so in the jail, I was able to go to Mandate, um, transfer to the Patrol Division, ran a canine for a couple of years, uh, was able to promote to Criminal Investigations Division, uh, worked drug cases for about 12 years or so, and now I work within a group of people. We work crimes against persons. Uh, which can include like sexual assault, uh, child molestations, uh, domestic violence, that sort of thing. I did not know that you were a rent a dog. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had Aster too. Yeah? Did you like that dog? Yeah, we were very close. I was able to uh, keep Aster after he retired. He retired about the time that I moved to CID. Was he an angry dog or not really? No, he was pretty laid back. He was a German Shepherd. He okay. had a very good demeanor. Okay. Dogs are fun. I, I don't really want a canon, but I, I like dogs. It's just not something I want to do with work. Um, okay, so just a little opinion. So I'm going to take a wild stab at it that CID has probably been the most enjoyable part of your time at Dawson County, or at least the part you like the best. I've liked all the divisions I've worked in at Dawson County. I enjoyed working in the jail. I mean, I, <clears throat> I think I learned a lot there about how to talk to people, how to, you know, kind of deal with people mm -hmm. and interact appropriately. Um, I enjoy patrol. I loved having uh, Aster, and I really enjoy working in CID. Definitely been there the longest. Right, right, okay, okay. Um, so you worked drugs, so was that a lot of uh, undercover stuff, narcotics work? Um, uh, some of it, you know, some of it was um, undercover work. All of it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, to meet and interact with a lot of different people. Would you go back to doing it again if you could? Um, I don't know. You might be past that point. I don't know. Uh, let's see. I think somebody told me you went to SWAT school too, didn't you? Did you go to, did you go to SWAT school? Did you attend one? Yes, I did. I went to SWAT school about the time that I got Asher, so about a okay. million years ago. Okay. <laughs> Very storied career here at Dawson County Sheriff's Office. Um, so the reason why we have Sergeant Wright here with us today, um, I'm probably just going to go ahead and call her Jen because yeah, it's, it's, it's a little comfortable just calling you Jen. It's, we're, we're neighbors, uh, not in the sense of where we live, but in a sense of where our offices are positioned. So we have a very neighborly relationship. So um, she hears me yelling on the phone. I heard, hear her you know, calming people down and, and, and talking through stuff sometimes. Anyways, so we so Jen and I, we, we work in a close proximity, right, even though we're in different divisions. Uh, and we've brought her here today because of her knowledge in the field of crimes against persons. Uh, where that bleeds over into this week's topic is it is the Safer Internet Day, right? So Safer Internet Day, what our goal is, is to honestly shock you and maybe open parents' eyes to the fact of the concern they need to have over the access that a smartphone gives their kids to some of the evils that are present today. Um, we're not trying to make everybody run out and freak out and 
drive over all your kids' iPhones with your truck. Okay, that's that's not the goal here. But Sergeant Wright has a good bit of experience, um, and honestly, not the best experience as far as um, some parents' awareness into what's going on with their kids and what their kids are being exposed to. Again, it's wonderful that the majority of the public out there today can can live in a I don't want to say utopic kind of mindset right but most people are looking for the good in other people we, we don't want to have to see the bad in other people um, and Sergeant Wright's job is pretty much just the opposite of that that she has to look for the bad in people to help identify threats and take take those threats off the street so Without further ado, let's let's kind of move into um, some of these topics, the dangers of social media. Let's we'll start there. Uh, well, sometimes what we see with kids is they they don't realize what a big world that that the internet is. That you know they're they're meeting people not just locally, but with the internet they can meet people you know from other countries, other states, and. Um, in a sense, it's kind of like if you if you leave the internet open for your kids to do whatever they want on there, and there's no kind of limitations and there's no kind of checks and balances, it's kind of like dropping them off in downtown Atlanta on a Friday night and say, "Let me know when you want me to come pick you up." Um, they meet a lot of strangers. People, you know, the, the internet offers a lot of anonymity to uh, predators, to criminals, and. It makes it easy for them to, you know, essentially become anything that they want to be, anybody they want to be, and you know, sometimes kids they're 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 not ready for the responsibility of having to do a threat assessment on somebody they think is 12 years old that they just met on the internet and they're just innocently talking, um, but it turns out that that 12 year old is really a you know 45 year old man you know that lives in Alabama who's planning to come you know, pick your kids up to go to a movie. So you just kind of got to realize what a big world the internet is and that social media is like the door to that world. That's a, that's a excellent way to, to highlight it. Um, I never thought about it in that aspect myself. Right. That now just that comparison kind of really does kind of speak to you. Um, so we're talking about the dangers of it, right? So, I guess the reality is is that parents can't be disconnected from what their kids are viewing, right? And and parents, we get it. You know, um, there's all different kind of parents out there, and I'm not going to sit here and say, well, this is the right way to do it. That's not the right way to do it, right? Um, I have two kids. I understand there's no – well, there's plenty of books on it, right? But there's no there's no set manual that comes with it. Um, it's, it's a difficult thing to do, and, and you do, I think you do try and carry that balance of – um, trusting your kids, but then, you know, how much is, do I, do you want to give them privacy? Do you not want to give them privacy? You know, there's probably a somewhat of a balance there, but I think the information that you're going to get from Jen today is going to highlight that there's a lot more at risk when you remove yourself from what they're viewing, what they're seeing, um, and, and the, the level of privacy you give them may result in um, exposure to some very dangerous things. Um, so we move into the idea of parents monitoring. Um, are you aware of any kind of uh, apps or anything like that, that that would assist parents in that? 
Yeah, we, we've learned a lot about Life360. You know, it's an application that you can install on your kid's phone, and, and it'll, it'll not only tell you what they're doing on social media, their text messages, but it'll tell you their location, if they're in a car, how fast is that car going. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about a lack of trust in your kids. It's really about your kids being whatever age they are and not knowing how to, you know, basically sort of police themselves and knowing how to interact and how to address certain things on the internet so I mean we've found that that nothing really takes the place of having like the login information the usernames to your kids social media accounts and and being able to just log in at any time and see like who are they talking to what are they talking about what are people asking them to do what are they involved in it's you know it's kind of like the, the same reason that teachers and, and parents communicate. I mean, it's just to, to keep up to speed with, with what they're doing, like a progress report on their mm-hmm. social media. Um, but, you know, a lot of times parents and kids, neither one realize what, what they're getting into. And we see that a lot with reports that we take, and we see that a lot when kids are telling us that, you know, they were talking to somebody, it didn't seem quite right, but they just, they, you know, they sent them a picture. So, I mean, it had to really be a, a 14-year-old girl or it had to, you know, really be who they're talking to because they don't realize all the possibilities that the Internet also offers for criminals. No, I agree. Um, and I'm not the tech guy, and I'll be very upfront about that. Um, I do know there are apps on ki- that kids can put on their phone that conceal uh, it can help conceal, like, if they have a – let's say your kid's not allowed to have Snapchat or TikTok or whatever, right? There's apps they can put on their phones that will hide all of that from you, and they can have those apps in there, and you won't, you may not know. Um, and that's something that maybe we can tackle in a later episode and get some sort of technical expert, either get them on here or get some answers to all that. Um, I do know that could be quite an issue. Um, and if you're like me, I'm minimally knowledgeable on – the technologies and, and different social medias, right? So knowing how to navigate Snapchat is not something I really versed in um, because I don't have one. So um, that's something we can definitely look at possibly bringing in here for those. If you guys are curious about some of that stuff, um, please just post questions and, and we'll try and answer those. Um, what do you think the number one issue you see when you talk about, let's, I guess I want to zero in on the cell phones and that's, I think, the days of kids having laptops and maybe they have an iPad or they have a cell phone for the most part. I'm not saying they don't have them anymore, but I think this, the phones are probably the majority of what you see. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, so I guess what's the number one issue you could identify that with cell phones that brings them into your world um, that, that kids are doing, right? Is it is it the outside contact? Is it uh, sharing of nude photographs? What it, what do you think it is? Uh, well, it's a, the, we do have a lot of sharing of new photographs. And, you know, kids don't realize that they've sent one picture to one person and what can happen. <clears throat> they don't realize what could happen to that picture. They don't realize, oh, well, I sent it over Snapchat, so it disappeared. But, you know, technology is, is, is getting more complex every day. And so you know there's there's certain apps now where you can screen capture things from snapchat you thought it disappeared but it didn't you didn't know it didn't didn't send you an, an alert that it was uh, saved but um bullying is also a big thing uh with phones because you know like 
you know, when we were in school, if you're being bullied at school, when you went home at the end of the day, I mean, that was that. And, you know, you're safe, you're at home. You don't have to pick that back up till tomorrow. But now, you know, bullying is a, a 24-7 thing that can that can happen to kids. And you think they're asleep in their room, but they're on their phone. They're still reading these comments and they're still reading the, you know, text messages and, and messages in the apps about, you know, just bullying. And so that, that, that leads to a lot of, you know, dis- distress, mental mental distress and, and uh, problems for kids. Yeah, not to dive into too many rabbit holes at once, right? But it, I think we both can probably speak to the fact um, suicides, child suicides are through the roof. Um, so I think suicides in general are, I don't remember, I didn't work a lot of suicides when I first got into law enforcement. I worked um, down around the south end of Fulton County. Um, since returning to law enforcement up here, um, worked a, a lot more and we deal with a lot of successful suicides, attempted suicides and, and suicidal threats um, with juveniles. And I can't help but feel that it's it links back to the phones, whether it's the bullying um, and there's a whole other rabbit hole to go down as far as the the instant gratification you get from the touchscreen phones and there's studies and stuff that talk about the release of dopamine in your brain when that phone dings and you get a text message or, you know, ding, I got a like on this social media post. Um, so, again, we can go down a whole rabbit hole on that, you know. But, um, yeah, it, it, that's a good point. The bullying, it doesn't stop when you get home. It, it continues. It, it, it's, it can be relentless. So, um, so. I think I've heard some murmurings and, and some of uh, inadvertent mishandling, right, of uh, of certain things when parents do, let's say, find naked pictures on the phone of their child, right? And it could be naked pictures of one of their little boyfriends or one of their friends or whatever. Uh, I think maybe a mistake that can be made is then the parent then sends that picture to whether it's the, the that juvenile's parents to say, hey, look what your kid sent my kid, right? Can you explain what some of the issues with doing that are? Well, the sexual exploitation of children code section applies to all kids that are under the age of 18. So it's illegal to possess or disseminate or manufacture uh, pictures that are sexually exploiting children, whether it's your own child or another child that you know. Um, so. If you find pictures on your child's phone, even of them, even of your child, you know you, you got to ask the question why that's there. You know what what were mm-hmm. what was your child planning to do with that picture? Um, you know we we try to get involved. We try to help people. We're not trying to we're not trying to arrest kids for being kids or making bad decisions or you know being inquisitive like kids are. But we can you know obviously we can send somebody or we can meet with you we can help you remove that from the device or uh, kind of figure out what to do with it but absolutely sending it to anyone else including the sheriff's office is not the right thing to do with uh, that kind of material right we understand when people are trying to tackle problems that come at them and they're 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 shocking so yeah so definitely um like jen said you know don't don't go submitting that to anybody else because i mean essentially you're still transmitting and again sheriff's office is not going to come after you with everything we have because you're trying to figure out how to parent through this um and 
Obviously, if you have pictures of your kid, you know, in the bathtub as a, as a juvenile, you know, well, if they're 16, maybe they're, we're going to get some issues. But if they're, you know, three, four, five years old, you know, got you. We're not we're not worried about that, right? The we, we can we can put a little common sense behind this stuff. Um, that's that's understandable, right? Uh, but yeah, so find naked pictures on your kid's phone. Please reach out to us. It's not don't think that oh we're going to start prosecuting everybody involved in like that. But um, the people who work in our crimes against persons um, section of CID definitely can can assist in trying to get some help and trying to deal with that. Um, so let's see we talked about uh we talked about that that um sextortion what is that well so recently it seems like recently but mm-hmm. i'm sure it's been going on for a while we, we've had a kind of influx of um people sending naked pictures or uh, explicit pictures to other people. And they may think that they know the person. They may be posing as someone they think they know. It may be something where uh, they've met someone online dating and they've started chatting. And once those pictures are sent, uh, the recipient then begins to blackmail the sender, you know, um, saying that they'll send these pictures to family or friends or post them publicly on social media sites if that person doesn't pay a sum of money or, or... or do whatever it is that this um, person demands. And so, you know, the thing to kind of understand is once your pictures are out there, they're out there. You can't reach out and grab those back. They're not, you know, it's not like when we showed people pictures, you know, Polaroids. It's, you know, once it's out there on the Internet, I mean, there's there's no getting that back. And, you know, paying them money is not going to get that picture back. And so before you send anything, and, you know, that that's not just – kids that's adults too before you send things you got to assess what's going to happen if i don't get this back because Mm -hmm. essentially nothing is safe once it's on the internet Mm -hmm. no i i I agree uh kind of a funny story for me it was probably not for the guy we responded to a call this is an adult male um and he called us he's man i don't know what else to do he had been uh, doing a video chat with a lady, it it turned into this over video sexualish encounter, um, and uh, I she took her clothes off, he took his clothes off, he performed certain acts in front of the camera, and then she hit him with a follow up message that says, "I've been recording you. There was a five year old present in this room. You just exposed yourself in front of a juvenile or you know five year old kid." I want you to send me money. Well, luckily enough, this guy just got out of a correctional facility, really didn't have uh, any money to speak of. Um, The web address was God knows where, probably not even in the U.S., right? So they had already shared it to uh, a picture to social media for his friends to see. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's just an example of how it went bad. You know, the guy thought he's having a – semi-intimate moment on video chat with somebody who is a stranger what could go wrong um and it and it turned around with him being posted on his own social media naked and his friends responding back going bro what are you doing so um again kind of a somewhat funny story for us but probably not so much for him i don't know so um yeah bad idea adults 
kids, yeah, it's, it, it'll come back to bite you, okay? Um, so we're talking about those people. So that person, that was probably, I guess, an example of sextortion, right? Um, so we're talking about bad people on the Internet. Why don't we go ahead and discuss predators, sexual predators that are out there? Um, you know, what kind of things are, are, are we seeing in this area, if you will? Well, it, one major thing that has come up, and it comes up periodically, um, is that, you know, like, like we said earlier, you can be anybody you want to be on the Internet. Um, and your kids can also be anybody they want to be on the Internet. So, um, you know, you, you have some children who are saying that they're 18, 19 years old. They may be sending pictures of themselves or someone else. It's not, not even them, not even someone mm -hmm. they know. But predators will travel. They will, they will travel from other states. They will travel from other counties. And, you know, we've had kids in our county, in our community, who have been picked up by strangers. And, you know, sometimes these people have said, well, I, you know, I thought she was 19. She said she was 19. I thought her name was something else. Sometimes these people know that they're traveling to pick up a 13-year-old little girl. Um, maybe 13-year-old little girl thought she was meeting a 15- or 16-year-old boy, but it's a 32-year-old man. And that kind of thing happens, and it happens here. It's not just something that, you know, happens on TV or happens in Atlanta or in big cities. Um, so it's something that, you know, it's imperative that you monitor who your children are talking to because we don't really live in the same community anymore where everybody knows everybody and everybody's parents went to school with you know, the parents of, of their kids. And so um, these dangers are really coming into to our community and our town and, and the children here are, you know, in danger. And it, they, don't, they don't know that. They don't mm -hmm. process that kind of real danger. So it's just really important that you talk to your kids, make them aware of these dangers, and, um, and check on them. I mean, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing that says I don't trust you just because you're going and checking on them. It's like when you tell them to clean their room and you go see, did they do it? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's part of parenting. And, you know, I think it's a responsibility that, you know, parents have to monitor their children's internet activity. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's all really good information. It's, it's kind of scary. You know, you used to, Sometimes you couldn't, right? Picking people out, right? What was the, the stranger danger thing they did? I think they did back in the 80s, right? And it was always the shady-looking dude with a trench coat or whatever. And, you know, they've talked about in law enforcement, that was one of the biggest failed um, crime prevention campaigns ever because so often the these predators and these people, they're not some shady-looking person. They're not always just creeping around in a, in a, in a van giving out candy or, or, or whatever, right? Um, there are people that work their way into parents and communities' trust. Um, a story um, I shared with Jen earlier was growing up, I was in a um, kind of like a Boy Scouting. It's called Explorers. It was a program for um, – it was a branch of the Boy Scouts, but it, it really um, was – they had them for police. They had them for uh, fire department and some other things. So this was a fire department one. There was a guy who ran it for, I don't know, probably close to 10 years. And people used to always say, you know, something's off. Something's weird. Something's off, right? And questions would occasionally come up. But, you know, 
they never I don't think it was ever directly attacked with this guy if that makes sense and you know I remember me we were doing a little station sleepover exercise thing going on and I remember this guy being like hey remember we it was just me and him in the room he'd talk about hey remember you know we've talked about wrestling in my little head I'm thinking well first of all no we've never talked about wrestling and um no and I, I'd been sick or something at times like oh, I don't think it's a good idea Right, and then he had a fire department. There was a fire department pager that got passed around the explorers. And Eddie always kept the charger at his house, so you had to drop off the thing there. And I remember riding my bike, me and a buddy riding our bikes over there and bringing the pager, and, and you know, here it needs to be charged, it's dead. And he's like, well, you guys can come in. And I'm like, ah, I'm good. And, and, you know, we went about our business. And uh, it wasn't till it would have been 2002 when I had joined the Air Force and I was going through schooling, um, through our tech school, and um, I have an identical twin brother, and he called me. He's like, hey, man, guess who just got his door kicked in by the sheriff's office SWAT team? I was like, who? He's like, Eddie. And I was like, oh. And apparently this guy, he had a freaking library of his exploits, his molestation, right? Um, I mean, absolutely tragic. I remember there was one uh, guy who was a volunteer, very involved, a super good guy, Um with the uh, fire department, one of his his boys, he had to watch the video of his son being molested. Um, and you want to talk about going gray overnight? I mean, that guy had a brownish colored hair, and then the next time I saw him, he was dang near white haired. Um, so, I think I, my takeaway from that was, you know, all these people had these reservations about stuff. You know, the, there was that 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 six cents whatever was going off in people's heads and people didn't for whatever reason whether it's you know polite society don't want to be wrong about it people didn't charge forward with that and 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 it took that long for it to come out so um yeah i mean and, it, and i don't to this day i don't know what the number of 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 boys that in that program that were molested were um so uh, I don't know. I, I went off on that story. I don't know what you want to add yeah, to that. Probably, probably those victims felt a lot like I, well, this has been said to me before, and I'd never thought of it this way. But um, I've had a person say to me, had this not happened to me, I would have never believed that that person would have done this. And so, you know, it felt like that there's, you know, there's two groups of people. There's the victims that have suffered through certain things, and then there's the rest of the people who think that this offender is the best person in the world. And I don't think that's really unusual because people who commit these kind of crimes, they go to great lengths to hide them and to cover them up, and they're, they're, they master the art of causing people to trust them and like them. And so, you know, one of the things that, you know, I made the, a statement recently, you know, you— Stop trusting the people we consider trusted people. And if you feel that red flag, you know, you, you something's not right, something's off. I mean, it's okay to tell somebody that. And kids need to feel like they can say, listen, I know that, you know, Johnny here has been our family friend for, you know, my entire life. And he's like an uncle, but this happened or something's making me uncomfortable. And, you know, to create a, an environment where your kids feel like they can come and tell you that mm-hmm. something's off. No, I, that, that's great advice. And, and understand it's this, it's like, it's almost like for these predators, it, the effect is like they throw a rock in a pond and you watch the ripples just keep going, right? You know, they're that initial rock in the pond, but 
the effects of <laughs> these things that they do continue. And it sometimes continues with the victim, especially if there's not, I think, adequate in- intervention and help, right, um, and support. It, it just – it's learned behavior, and it can continue. So it's, it's, it's pretty tragic. Um, it's been a little bit lower beat um, podcast than I'm used to. But <laughs> but it, it's super important to talk about this. And, and you know, we, we started out in the beginning talking about, you know, our, our kind of goal here is, is to, to shock you and open your eyes. And we're not trying to turn everybody into the paranoid parent, right? You know, it's like the – I don't know. It's kind of like if uh, people that are preparing, you know, preppers, right? You know, are you going to be the guy on top of the mountain with all the food and everything? Because everybody's going to think you're really weird, right? But also if you're this person who never prepares for anything and something does go wrong, you know, you, you have to find that, that that place, that happy medium where you are being aware, you are, um, you are being somewhat skeptical. I mean, it, it's okay to – trust people it's okay to let your kids sleep over other people's houses we're not saying don't do that we're just saying maybe it's trust but verify maybe that's where we're trying to go with it don't just have blind faith and trust in people that they're there's no evil in them right because the ones that are truly evil they're they're you're not going to know it probably i mean i think that's the reality right with uh, btk uh killer he was a, he was a deacon in the church right like so our kids are some of our most valuable assets. Let's, let's not just wholesale trust them with with whoever, right? And let's let's make sure we're putting safeguards in place. Um, and, you know, we're not saying the kids aren't the bad guys. I no. mean, you know, checking up on your kid doesn't mean they're a bad kid. I mean, it's just like when you go out, you know, on a Friday night, you leave your teenager at home, and you say you don't have a party or don't have friends over. Well, you know, if you wouldn't want them at your house, you, you shouldn't want them on their phones. And so, you know, that kind of communication can kind of just lead to other places. And mm-hmm. But the kids aren't the, aren't the bad guys. These predators are the bad guys, and they're the ones who need to be held accountable. But we just have to look out and protect the children and make sure that they're making good decisions and help them understand how to make those decisions. And then, you know, they, they become more receptive and, and understanding that you're trying to protect them. You're not trying to... You know, a lot of people use the term helicopter parent, I guess, and, you know, they don't want to be a helicopter parent. They want their kids to have all this freedom, and that's good until it comes to their safety. And just, you know, I think it's just as important to make sure they're safe on their phones as it is to make sure they're safe when they start driving or they're getting in cars with other kids or other people. And so, you know, we're we're not trying to say that you need to criminalize your children because they're curious they're naturally curious you know they see something pop up on their phone oh what's that i mean even as adults we do that Mm -hmm. so it's not hard to accidentally end up somewhere you didn't need or mean to be you know when you're just kind of exploring on the internet Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of like a you know make sure they have the information they need going into that to make good decisions and then just kind of double check them and and make sure that they, they're safeguarded against this kind of thing. Great advice. Um, Jenna, I really appreciate you coming on here today. I know you're super excited about this. Um, thank you for sharing some of your experience and expertise with us on this. Um, if you guys have any more questions, you know, if you want more information on stuff, um, post questions up uh, on the Buzzfeed 
that would be the way to call it. I don't know. Make your comments below. Throw questions in there. You know, whatever. Um, if you guys need more information, some stuff we can we can have Jen come back. So um, yeah. So we appreciate you guys tuning in and watching, and hope you got something. I might say I hope you enjoyed it because this is not really an enjoyable topic, but I hope you get something out of this episode of the Fuzz Feed. Thanks for watching.